Okay, welcome to today's episode of Restoring Your Voice. I'm your host, Pastor David. I almost didn't get to do a show. Kind of feeling a bit sick today, but that's okay. God is good. God is faithful. All right, and here we are. So we're going to be talking about biblical mental health. Now, why do I say biblical mental health? Because what the Bible says and what the world says are complete two opposite things. And so um, stay tuned for today's show. You want to be a radical to Jesus? You want to use your voice for the glory of God? Well, then this is the show for you. I'm going to help you do just that. So welcome to the show. Alrighty, welcome back. All right, going live from uh, the surface of the sun, otherwise known as Corpus Christi, Texas, with a heat index of 115 degrees today. So I hope everybody out there is staying cool wherever you're at. Whether you're watching this live or listening later, real quickly, hey, if this show is a blessing to you, would you consider being a blessing back? All right, there are three ways you can give. Down in the description, PayPal, Cash App, and Venmo. Okay, make it easy for you. Also, uh, hey, subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right, all my video content, one easy place for you to find, playlist and everything. So David C. McGuire is the name. Also, speaking of that, I have a brand new website. Uh, right here, you'll see it, davidcmcguire.org, or if you're listening to it by audio podcast, so you don't have to worry, all right? The link is in the description. Go check it out. Uh, not only is uh, videos easy to find, uh, my audio podcast on there, newsletters, blogs, that's right. Go on there, check it out. Uh, sign up for that newsletter so you don't miss out, okay? I'm gonna send, I, I try to send out newsletters at a minimum of what I'm going to be preaching on Sunday or any other happenings, all right? I'm going to try at my best to... Do a weekly blog, may not be weekly at all times, depending on my schedule, but you know, you got to sign up for the mailing list so you don't miss out on the content. Um, I made the website very, very easy for you to navigate. Um, one click at most two clicks because I don't like things where it takes me click after click to do it. So anyways, now that's out of the way. Richard, so glad you could join me. But today I'm going to be talking about a very touchy subject. Now it shouldn't be touchy in all honesty. But I'm going to be talking about mental health. And every time I've talked about it, uh, it's been very touchy at times. Hmm. But my heart behind it, let me just get this out of the way. My heart behind it is not to condemn anybody. Okay. My heart is not to make anybody feel bad. My heart behind speaking on this specific topic is to see people live in true freedom. Right. Uh, the freedom as described, by the way, by the Bible. All right. Why, do, why am I making that clear? Because we're talking about biblical mental health. By the way, I will be taking any questions on this specific topic. So another topic, just the topic of biblical mental health. Um, I, will be, I will be more than happy to do my best to answer your questions. Um, I say do my best because I'm not a know-it-all. I don't know it all. And then, of course, you may ask, well, brother, well, well, do you have a PhD in this? Do you have any training? No, I don't. I have no formal training uh, whatsoever, but I do know what the Word of God says. I do know what the word of God says and I have the Holy spirit as my teacher and I have personal experience to back up what the word of God says, by the way. All right. So the word of God, uh, is our, should be our standard for everything. If, if you are say that you're a Christian, then the Bible is your standard, no matter what across the board, 
for everything. All right, we're, we don't, but the problem is in America, especially that we don't like that, right? We want what makes us comfortable, maybe what affirms us. And today we're living the uh, disastrous consequences of this. Very disastrous consequences. We don't preach freedom. We don't teach freedom from mental ill health because it makes people uncomfortable. Why? Because a lot of times people, especially behind the pulpits, are trapped in depression or something themselves. And I'm just going to say it right up front, right? Bottom line, bottom line up front, bluff. Okay, that is not normative Christianity. It is not. And no person should be behind a pulpit while suffering, still trapped in some sort of mental Ill health. Now, you, now, for clarity, why am I using the term mental Ill health? Because the uh, psychiatric community, by and large, has put out the label of mental illness. But it's not an illness. Now, what is an illness? It's something physical, right? Cancer, a cold, kind of like what my family is going through. So I appreciate all your prayers for my family right now. Everybody but my wife is sick, including me. Uh, so if you see me drinking a lot of water on, on the video, that's why. All right, an illness. That's some something that is physical. All right, however, mentally... It is not an illness. We like to say it is. And mind you, I've, I have um, studied this topic. Um, if you want more resources, go check out Dr. Caroline Leaf for this. In fact, I would highly, highly recommend you read her book, The Perfect You. Now you say, well, that's kind of a fluffy title. No, trust me, brothers and sisters. I read that book. All right, cover to cover. Amen. And I would recommend it for anybody to read. If you truly want to know what the Bible says, backed up by science. So science in the Bible, complementing one another, yes, it's possible, read that book, The Perfect You by Dr. Caroline Leaf, okay? Um, so I'm so from here on out, I, I, you'll hear me describe depression, anxiety, something of that as a mental uh, ill health, but not an illness, and, and that's why, all right? So what does the Bible have to say about this? Now, there are numerous scriptures, all right, numerous scriptures on this point. Uh, let's start off with the scripture, do not be anxious. So we have a Bible command, right? It's in the scripture, therefore it's a command. Not only that, but it's part of the new and better covenant. So it's for all believers, all time, everywhere, right? The Bible doesn't change. Why? Because it is the word of God. Let me just say that one more time. It is the word of God. You'll hear many people say it's the inspired word of God. No, it is the word of God, point blank, period. Make of it what you want. But it is a, a command. Do not be anxious. So it's a command. Why then are we okaying anxiety, which is just a derivative of fear, by the way, if you don't know that. In fact, pretty much every single type of mental ill health is tied back to fear. And what is fear tied back to? What, what is a fear thing? It's self. It's tied directly to self. All right. That means we have not really truly died with Christ and been raised from the dead to the newness of life, as the Bible tells us. That's what the Bible tells us. All right. So I'm not going to tell you anything other than what the Bible tells us. Point blank. All right. Because because we don't, for some reason in America, like to take what the scriptures say with childlike faith. In other words, we don't take them as is. 
when I try to explain it away, right? Well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it was for this, and we, and we get filled with this head knowledge the same exact way the world does, and now we're in trouble, right? Now we got professing Christians walking around trapped in these things. And don't get me wrong, I have compassion. Believe me, I was trapped in PTSD for 15 years, okay? Combat-related PTSD. I was on three different psychiatric meds uh, for 10 years because I couldn't sleep without them, all right? I couldn't function without them, right? The thing is, though, that, that I never heard any biblical truth from the world, from, the, from, from any of the quote-unquote professionals. I never heard one time a biblical truth about freedom, that I could actually be free. In fact, I heard the exact opposite, right? I, I've said this time and again, I'll say it again. The three things that ran through the, the over a decade of therapy that I went through, right, was that I'll always have it. So right there, no promise of freedom, contrary to the Bible. So I always have my PTSD, right? I always have it. That's what I was told. That's the lie that I was told, and I believed it. I always have it, right? I have to learn how to cope with it. That's another lie I was told. I just have to learn how to cope with it, right? Live every day with it, you know, um, as if, oh, it's extra hot outside. I have to cope with the heat, so let me drink extra water or something, right? But that's not at all what the Bible says. The Bible says the exact opposite, right? If, if Jesus truly says, and he did, and I believe every word of it, whom it says that's free is free indeed, who are we to go against it if we're professing as Christians? Whom the Son says free is free indeed, right? The Bible promises us freedom from sin. What is fear but sin? Why do I know that? Because over and over, repeatedly, repeatedly, the Bible tells us what? Do not fear. Now, why would the Bible command us to do something if God would not equip us to do it? Right? That would be contrary to the Lord. Right? God is not a man that he should lie, the Bible tells us. And I believe every word of that. All right? God is not a liar. God is not a liar. So why would he tell us, do not do that if he wouldn't equip us? But that's the problem with believing the lie. That's the problem. When we believe the lie, when we don't believe the biblical truth, now, many people are, are claiming to be something they're not. I'm just going to put this right on the table. Like I said, I have the utmost compassion, but I'm making no apologies for speaking the gospel truth. Right? Well, <clears throat> obviously, the gospel truth starts out with what? Salvation. Right? That's the basis. But that's not just the gospel truth, right? The gospel truth is how to live for Christ, how to, how to glorify Christ. Right? We, we call them the four gospels, and yet... The message of salvation is only a very small part of, of the Gospels, right? The greater teachings of Jesus is for believers in how we should live in this world. Amen? Go, go, if, if you don't believe me, go, go look it for yourself. How often the message of salvation is taught versus right living, godly living, biblical living. I guarantee you that you will see that how to live, right, 
and we have such radical things, right? Like in this world, you will have trouble, but to be of what? Good cheer, right? It didn't say go go seek out a doctor. Don't go go see go pop some pills by a psychiatrist. Didn't say that at all. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for we have overcome the for I have overcome the world. Jesus said in the book of John. Amen. In the book of John, his words, not mine. Right? I'm not adding anything. I'm not taking away anything. I'm simply taking it as is. And so going back to my journey to freedom, right? It wasn't a journey. Let me just say that. It was it was one time, right? God impressed upon me, this isn't my plan for your life. Being trapped in this is not my plan for your life. And so I made a decision because, you know, God enabled me to. And I said, sitting in a red recliner in a tiny apartment, Jesus, I'm done listening to the world. I only want to listen to you from now on. And in that moment, I experienced biblical salvation. And I say, well, brother, what do you mean biblical salvation? In other words, salvation as, as defined by the Bible. Not defined by the American church, by and large, that we do it today. Right? In other words, you can have salvation and go back to life as normal. There's zero change. Right? Many, many people might call it a radical change, but I call it a biblical change. So if you're wondering, so what you might consider radical or others might consider radical, I simply consider it biblical change. Right? God literally... Set me free from PTSD. 15 years, mind you, I said, right? 15 years of being trapped in pretty much every single, um, if, if you if you go on maybe, uh, you know, different websites and look up the symptoms of, of combat-related PTSD, yeah, you can check the block in every single one of those that I had. I had to deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis or more, <laughs> more like it dealt with me, I should say. Anyway, the point is that God set me free. Why? Because that's what his word promises. All right, it's not for because I'm super special, not because I'm so much better, or, or there was some formula. It is simply God's word, right? That word that is alive that the Bible says, it's alive and sharper than any two-edged sword, right? Dividing, cutting, I'll just say surgical procedure on us. That's what the word of God does. When we believe it, I didn't say we have to understand it perfectly. As soon as we believe it and we make the choice to say, you know what? That's it. Jesus, you're my Lord. Then we can be free. And I mean completely 100,000% free from any type of mental ill health. Right? Because nowhere in the Bible does it okay being depressed, being anxious, being fearful. Any of those things, uh, quote-unquote bipolar, schizophrenia, none of that is normative for a Christian in the Bible anywhere. Now, I know many people say, well, what about King David? Okay, he got down. Yes, he did, but he didn't stay there. What is the psalm? What does he write in the Psalms, right? He's, first, he says, oh, my soul, oh, my soul, why are you downcast? All right, so he says that. He didn't say, man, I hate my life right now. This sucks. I'm going to go hide out somewhere. No, he questions. Wait a minute here. Hey, soul. Hey, hey, self. Why are you like that? You don't have a reason to be that way. 
right? Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul, why aren't you downcast? In fact, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave, I'm going to bring that up on my, uh, um, uh, I'm going to bring it up right now, so bear with me. Um, yeah, I'm going to bring up that psalm right there. Um, all right, I got to get it, get the right one. Let's see. Why are you down? Okay, so I got to type, I got to type it up. Uh, let's see here. Here, wait, oh, that's not it. All right, anyway, I'm having trouble searching it up right now, and I can't remember the exact psalm number so if you're watching you know some number type it in the comments but he says why are you so down, why, why are you downcast right and over and over again david would reiterate the lord is good like the lord is near the lord rescue me i cried out maybe some of you listening today have never really truly cried out to the lord you never did you say well brother i said this prayer or or i say god help me sometimes and you know what that's a perfectly good prayer Sometimes that's the only prayer we can pray is God help me. But did you believe when he said it? Did you truly want to be free? In other words, is Jesus your Lord right now? Oh, he's my Savior. Now, I didn't ask that. Ask if, he, if he's your Lord. Because if he's not your Lord, he's not your Savior. That's not, we, we, like, we don't like that in America, right? We like our freedom, right? We have rights. Well, that's not the way Christianity works. We do it the Lord's way or no way at all. We either die to self or not. We don't normalize things. We don't normalize sin, but we'd like to do that in the church today. And we certainly don't normalize depression or anxiety, right? Be anxious for nothing, the Bible says. So you're saying, well, brother, you said all that. So what's the steps? Well, there's no one formula. Except to obey what the scriptures say. All right. The first thing is we got to believe that we're, we're, we, we, we need Jesus Christ. Jesus needs to be our all in all. Not our partial, right? Not like, oh, I'm going to come to Jesus because I want my life to be better. Because that's not the Christian way, by the way. The Christian walk, life gets more difficult when we come to Christ, by the way. A lot more difficult. But God empowers us to live a life of, of freedom. We have to be willing to crucify his flesh, our flesh, with its lust and desires. Have you done that? Or what controls you? So how do I, how will I know if a person has truly done that? I know by the results. What controls a person? Well, I'm still depressed. Uh, well, then you haven't died to self. You haven't crucified that flesh. You're not raised to life with Christ. Nowhere recorded of the great saints. Right? Paul never said how he was depressed. He writes, do, do not be anxious. Why would Paul write that? Because it's a biblical concept for mental health. The problem is we in America, we don't get what we want, the way we want, when we want, and how we want, and all that. And now, oh my, life is so bad for us. Life is so wrong for us. Woe is me. That's not the Bible promise. We, 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 we're, we are very, very, in fact, ungrateful in America, especially in the church by and large. Very ungrateful people. Oh, this happened all of a sudden. Look, around the world, and if you didn't watch the interview yesterday I did with Brad Brandon, you need to go and watch that. Because around the world, by and large, Christians suffer day to day. 
every day Christians um, really, truly experience persecution. Not what we consider persecution here in the United States of America. Real, true persecution. And yet they live for Christ. You know, I asked I asked Brad uh, yesterday, um, you know, how, how could you see your friend laying in a bed, hacked to death by machetes, and yet continue on? Because that's normative Christian living. Because that's biblical. That's why. Watch the interview to hear his answer. It's a wonderful answer. You'll be uplifted. But I'm not here just to uplift people. I, I have to speak the gospel truth. We're, we're just ungrateful people. Because Paul says after he writes, do not be, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, right? With thanksgiving, make your prayers and supplications known unto God. Oh, wait a minute. With thanksgiving? But what if it doesn't turn out that way? I'm not sure God will answer my prayers. It didn't say that. It didn't say to have that attitude. It said to have the attitude of thankfulness. We thank God. We should be thankful to God just because he is God. We, have, we need no other reason for thanksgiving other than he is God. That's it. But we in America don't like that. Well, I'm just I got I got to have some physical comfort to be thankful for, right? I got to have a good bank account. I can't be in debt. I have a good car to drive. Whatever worldly definition to be thankful. And if we don't, oh my, people said bad words about me and they spoke nasty to me. Oh, but the Bible says to rejoice. Jesus said, when it happens to rejoice. That's, a, that's, a, that's another good marker to know, are we truly free in the Lord? What do we do when people say horrible things about us as Christians, right? Which is normative. Rejoice. Are you able to rejoice in that or not? In whatever difficult circumstance you go through, are you able to have the joy of the Lord or not? Because if you can't, brother, sister, you got, you got to question your salvation. Either you're equipped for the good works of the kingdom or you're not equipped for the good works of the kingdom. There's no in-between, but we like to do that in America. And by and large in the West, right? We like to somehow, there's got to be some middle ground, right? Some, some sort of compromise. Let me just tell you what, there's no compromise with God. Light, dark, blessings, cursings, life, death, right? Dichotomies listed throughout the Bible time and time again because there is no in-between. We bow the knee. We give our life to Christ and he sets us free. Or we just simply pay him lip service, saying a nice prayer after the pastor, and we don't live freedom. We, we don't live in the freedom promise. That's what the Bible promises every person who comes to Christ he promises freedom life Christ said of himself I am the way the truth and the life if you're believing the lies of the world do you have Jesus because Jesus said that he will send the spirit of truth right one of the titles of the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth and he will lead us in all truth but if we're still believing the lies of the world over here, 
are we truly, do we truly have the spirit of truth? I would say not. If we so easily fall for the lies of the world that says, hey, depression is okay. Anxiety is okay. And, and whatever else you want to put in there. Look, you're believing a lie. It's not okay. It's not biblical. What is is freedom. All right, when, when I came to salvation, right? When I told Jesus, I'm done listening to the world. I only want to listen to you from now on out. I was literally set free from PTSD instantly. Every single symptom under the sun, boom. I was set free from my need to depend on psychiatric medication. I, I, I quit it cold turkey, right? Why was I able to do that? Because the power of God to set men free. So the Bible says it's the power of God to set men free. Why? Why don't we want that freedom? It's like it's like we what we do is we we take the shackles off our wrists, right? And we're still walking around shackling in our legs, or we got a a ball and chain on one leg still. No, the Bible doesn't promise partial freedom. The Bible doesn't say near freedom. Freedom, period. Right? The Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is freedom. There is liberty. I cannot, in good conscience, in good conscience, sorry, in good conscience, say that a person has truly come to Christ and they don't have any freedom from mental health or for mental health, right? What else does the Bible say about this subject, right? Paul says, do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of the what? Our brain? Mm -mm. By our mind. Our mind is not our brain. The science will back backs up that we are not brain to mind driven creatures. In other words, whatever goes on in this head drives the way we think. The way we think, our mind drives our brain. So we are mind to brain driven creatures. So the way we think affects us for good or for bad. And the Bible makes it clear, by the way, the, the Bible makes it perfectly clear. So as a man thinks, so is he. Now, I got a question here, and I'm going to read it real quick. It says here, Richard, thank you for the question first and foremost. It says, what about chemical imbalances? I understand what you're saying, but I think that there are real instances where some things are physically wrong in some cases. Okay, first, like I said, thank you for the great question. And I will disagree with chemical imbalances. All right, it has actually been by the, how we say this? The Christian medical scientific community, first of all, chemical imbalances have been debunked. Um, and and uh, so I, I, I've, I've studied this myself, so I don't understand uh, how this is still, people consider this true today. But also, regardless, we are to be transformed when we get the, uh, by the renewing of our mind, which, which what mind is that? It's the mind of Christ. And our mind, the way we think, will drive us to believe it or not. So we'll, we'll go with uh, bodily chemicals, for instance, right? So an unhealthy way of thinking, believe it or not, releases toxins in a body. So if you wonder why people trapped in this kind of thing are not 
healthy per se not talking about like older people but people who should genuinely be healthy and have no other reason for physical uh illness then it's because of the way they think and, and of course the exact opposite is if we think healthy thoughts right powered by god by the way i'm talking from a biblical perspective now not like well i'm not going to think on that right because if we say well if i tell you don't think about pink elephants right now what are you thinking about pink elephants so what i'm saying is is by powered right by god and there's also a thing called uh the science says uh, neuroplasticity i don't know if you ever heard of it but basically the brain is not static in other words the way our brain is 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 not so forevermore so in other words the way we choose to think will literally rewire or or if you want to think of as we'll say repaving the brain right we'll think of of, of a road right gotta put a new road there so we have old bad ways of thinking when we get the mind of christ now it, it repaves those neural pathways in the brain and I'm just telling what the Bible says, what the science says. Now, I know I'm not explaining the science in depth behind it, but you can check out, like I said, what uh, people like Dr. Caroline Leaf. Uh, so Dr. Caroline Leaf, L-E-A-F, uh, have to say on this subject. Um, she can explain it way more detailed than, than I can. Um, I can only pull up what uh, what's in my memory banks. So thank you for the great question. So... But by and large, you know, what also chemical imbalances, by the way, are, are, are majority of the time caused by our diet, by the way. Um, um, the very unhealthy diet the American has in, in the daily way of life um, is, is a hor horrific diet. And that can cause um, chemical imbalances as well. So most times, I believe... That chemical imbalances are caused by our insanely unhealthy ways of eating here in America. Processed foods, fast foods, prepared foods, fried foods, all of that. Um, so there you go. But bottom line, people may mention chemical imbalances. Okay. What does the Bible have to say about our state of mental health? Are we even capable? Absolutely. So what about, what about when, okay, let, let, let's, let's uh, go to say a traumatic experience, right? Right. People experience traumatic experiences uh, for, for a number of reasons. Okay. Got it. Right. I know trauma, believe me, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, all of that and more. All right. I know trauma, but I also know the power of God to set me free instantly and set anybody free from trauma. They say, brother, are you sure? Because those memories don't go away, do they? No, they don't. I like to tell people the memories of, of things, traumatic experiences in Iraq, all right, are still with me every day. I like to, I, I say they're in HD, high definition. But they don't have a sting anymore. Um, one of the things that will lead, like I said, to these memories losing their power um, Let's just do exactly what the Bible says. Take every thought captive. Well, so what does that look like, practically speaking, then? In other words, a thought, we'll, we'll use a person, right? So somebody 
caused you hurt in your life, right? And it happens, and it's not going to stop happening. But the problem is, is it was handled not in a healthy way. So what do we do it now from now on, right? Because those type of thoughts, especially are powerful. Those type of memories are very, very, very powerful because they're tied to emotion. Anything that's tied to emotion is powerful and deeper ingrained in our psyche. So what do we do when, it, when that thought does pop up? Well, first, let me tell you what not to do. Don't just try to push it away and suppress it. All you're doing when you, when you try to suppress it and ignore it is you're actually giving it more power. You're actually ingraining it deeper into your psyche, right? Because whether you know it or not, you know, our um, subconscious is always processing things. So whether we're actively thinking it about it or not, whether we're sleeping, whether we're dreaming, our subconscious is always processing um, things, always fully active at all times. So every time we, we, we fail to take that thought captive, right? And taking it captive is not ignoring it. We give it more power and entrench it deeper in us. So what we need to do when, when those type of memories come up, of a, it, whether it's, um, well, most times the experience will be tied to a, to a person or people, right? We take it, right? By the power of God. You cannot do this, by the way, without the power of the Holy Spirit. As you take that thought, you hold on to it. Take that memory. Hold on to it. You start examining it from every single angle, right? It's called reconceptualization. All right, so, you, so you're taking a memory that you've looked at and thought about for wh whatever uh, way you have, and you're taking it and you're changing the way you see it. You're not changing the memory. What happened, happened. That's not going to change. However, the way we see it, in other words, reconceptualization is, is, is on point what, what matters. So we take it, we examine, okay, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, whatever. All right, and the biggest thing when reconceptualizing, getting tongue-tied on this, reconceptualizing this um, is forgiveness and prayer, right? What, what do I mean by that? You mean forgiveness, one and done deal? No, I'm not saying that. But you forgive that person or people. I didn't say it was easy. No, this is not an easy process, but it is a process. Forgive them and then pray for them. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. Let me tell you what, that is a pithy excuse to use. You don't know what they did. Because Christ upon the cross, after they scourged him, humiliated him, made him carry up a cross, his cross up a hill, and finally nailed it to him as he's now dying of blood loss, and, and the most excruciating of pain a man could go through cries out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. Stephen, literally in the process of being stoned, utters a prayer for those who are now cur currently stoning him to death. So don't tell me about you don't know. That's a pithy excuse in the end of the day. That's all it is. It's an excuse you're using to keep trapped. And a lot of times, people like being the victim anyways. Well, if I'm this way, people have to wait in head and foot and make special accommodations for me. And it becomes addictive. Look, brothers and sisters, I saw eight of my brothers in arms 
literally blown to bits by a car bomb. All right. I was part of a team that had to handle their remains. We drove them back in a dump truck, of all things, to Mortuary Affairs in Baghdad, Baghdad International Airport. And I was chosen by my battalion sergeant major to go in there while they looked at their remains. That's the most gruesome and horrific memory I have all my life. So, so you're saying, well, what's the point of what do you mean? Well, who was responsible for that? Well, you know what? I'll let you know that I that I that we caught the two men responsible for this. All right, we actually in 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 when it happened, right after it happened, we hunted for them and we caught them. So this is not something, some arbitrary matter. And then throughout my numerous deployments to include getting wounded, right? So in other words, they tried to kill us and I was wounded because of it. So who's responsible? Radical Muslims, right? Let's just face it. Not all Muslims, but radical Muslims. So then what did I do about that? Well, before Christ, I hated them. After Christ, I pray for them. Yeah, exactly what the Bible commands us to do. To pray for our enemies. So the person that hurts you in your past, and I'm not discounting the hurt. Hear my heart on this. I'm not discounting the hurt. I'm telling you what the Bible says to do. Pray for those people. I guarantee you, it's, you, you keep doing that. Okay, the, the memory of so-and-so comes up, of the situation comes up. You say, oh, you know, Father, I forgive them. I'm going to pray for them now. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, all of a sudden, those memories now will lose those, will lose the power. And then in the future, when those thoughts and memories of those people come up, you're going to think to yourself, man, I wonder, how, I wonder how they're doing. I hope they're doing well. How do I know that? Because that's what I do on a daily basis. Because that's what the Bible does. I'm just giving you something practical from life. That's all I'm doing. Nothing more, nothing less. Just, just giving you something practical. What does the Bible say? Now, what does it look like practically? So, we all know how to overcome these painful memories. Scripture. Forgive. So, let me just say this. Let me give you this warning, too. If you refuse to forgive those people, right, the Bible makes it abundantly clear that the Father will not forgive you. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that, that God will not even hear your prayers as long as you refuse to forgive. It doesn't matter what they did in the context of forgiveness. Like I said, Jesus, upon that cross, Dying from blood loss because they scourged his back so badly. Humiliated, naked upon a cross. Didn't cry out. He said, remember, he said that he could have called down his angels to rescue him. Legions of angels. Yet instead of being wrathful against them, he forgave them. Father, forgive them, he cried out. He interceded for them. If Jesus, our model for everything, should anyway, by the Christian life, did that, who are we to say anything less that we can't? What about, what about, uh, 
how many times have you heard Christ? How many times have I heard God, God heart? I don't know. But every day of my life that I rejected him and the contrary to his very nature, I heard him deeply and immensely. Think about it. God, perfect. Right? Always has been perfect. Always will be perfect. Always has been. Right? God is all in all. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. However, however he loves us. And th think, think about it. Your closest loved one, when they hurt you, they can hurt you like nobody else can, deeply. Yet, we have hurt God even in our Christian walk, time and again, because none of us are perfect. Yet, God forgives us when we cry out to him. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to read a comment. It says here, sometimes mental conditions are self-inflicted, absolutely. Drugs, poor lifestyle. I don't know if this person is capable of processing some of the solutions you recommend. Um, I, I don't know who that person is, Richard. I, I don't know. But I can, I, I can um, tell you with all assurity that they cannot implement anything without the power of the Holy Spirit. This can't happen. Until they make a, until they make a decision to make Jesus their Lord and get um, free from, I'm guessing by the comment, that they have some sort of um, drug addiction. Okay, until that happens, they cannot implement anything I have to say. Nothing I'm going to say is going to have, have an effect, and they'll try it, and they will fail. And then they will suffer condemnation and guilt because of it, because they're outside of Christ, right? And then it's going to make it even worse. The only thing, we got to start with the gospel, man, our salvation, the message of salvation. So I hope that helps. Um, just that the Bible says that the, um, the carnal mind cannot process the things of God. And so the things of the spirit can only be spiritually discerned. Um, yeah, I, I, I fully agree that we often are of our own worst enemies. I told you, we like to play the victim too often, right? Victimhood is nice. If I play the victim, people have to kowtow to me. They have to make special accommodations to me. Whatever reason. And it, and it gets become, it gets, let's just be honest. It becomes a comfortable lifestyle, right? It becomes our drug of choice, if you will. Victimhood. Sometimes we drive ourselves to depression by playing by by having a victim mindset. Well, so and so did that, whatever. I mean, look, let's just let's just get real today, man. Let's get real today. This whole white man's to blame for my problems kind of deal right now. Here we are in 2022. And you wonder why these these these, uh, these people who think like that are all nutty in the head. Because they got a victim mentality. They got a victim mentality. Woe is me. It's somebody else's fault. No. It's your fault. We're, we are in the literal land of opportunity. My wife, let, let's just let's just go here. My wife from South Africa, okay? Now, South Africa is a pretty, pretty, pretty mm, horrible country. Right? Everything you can think of wise, 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 bad. Um, it's horrible. Um, yet, she comes over here to America. What's she doing right now? She's getting a master's degree in history. Land of opportunity, friends. 
I got another question. Let me, let me put this one up on the screen real quick. Thank you for the question, DW. Question, if these things are true about mental health, what would you say about physical health? Does the gospel promise healing in both? Good question. Very, very good question. I, I, I do appreciate that. I will say, no, the, the Bible doesn't promise physical health perfectly. doesn't. Nowhere in the Bible does it, does it promise that. Now, I know the prosperity preachers will try to tell you that, you know, but it it's not true at all. How do I know that? Right? Timothy, for instance, we'll, we'll, we'll use him as a, an example, suffered from a stomach condition. Right? Paul didn't condemn him for his lack of faith. All Paul did was take, take wine. But nowhere is it listed. Timothy suffering from, I don't know, some sort of mental condition. None of the apostles, none of the disciples, nobody in the book of Acts, nobody Paul, none of the churches or, or people that Paul wrote to. So whether it's the church in Corinth, the church in Galatia, whether it's Titus he wrote to, whether it's Timothy he wrote to, I can't see it anywhere. And then, okay, I got another follow-up question. So thank you. Appreciate the questions. I really do. Uh, it says, follow up, what, from DW again, what do you think about complete healing, physical, mental being seen at the resurrection? Now, that one, I fully believe. We're, um, the Bi uh, Bible promises a new body, glorified body, right? I believe that, full, full, complete, perfect perfection, perfect mind, perfect understanding, you name it. But I don't see physical healing problems. Now, people will say, well, Jesus healed everybody. I don't know. He didn't. By the way, I actually, if you if you have any questions, more questions about physical healing, I did a I did a show about that. So look it up. Um, looks like you're watching on uh, my YouTube channel right now. So appreciate that first and foremost. Um, so you can go um, go onto the channel um, from your web browser on your computer. Um, Why well, I say don't use the app YouTube app because when you go onto your web browser um, on my channel, there should be a little magnifying glass there, and then. That'll allow you to search up any of my videos on my channel. So I did one. I believe it's titled, uh, I think, Does Jesus Always Heal? Or did he? Something like that. Um, in fact, you know what? I am going to, I'm going to look it up for you right now. I'm going to, I'm going to link it for everybody down in the comment section. Um, so bear with me. Um, oh, I typed it in wrong. Help if I... I, I kind of got to type on this keyboard around my microphone right here. Um, nope. Uh, all right, let me try this way. I figure, of course, I'm live right now. And, ah, Does Jesus Still Heal Miraculously is the title of the video. So let me copy the link here. I'm going to put it in the comment section. So uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. So I did a I did a good um, biblical breakdown of it. Um, there we go. Hopefully it's fixed. There we go. Should be on there for you right there. Boom. There you go. Uh, so I see mental health. I see no nobody ever okay to be trapped in mental ill health. Um, physical healing. You know what? I don't see it happening all the time. Why? I, I have no answer for that. It's certainly not a lack of faith on anybody. I mean, Jesus went to the, the pool of uh, Siloam, right? Healed the one guy, the, the one uh, lame guy, and then left everybody else. I don't know why. It just worked out that way. Um, but thank you for the great questions. So keep keep the questions coming in. 
Um, we got some time left in the show, so for me to address things. Um, we got about 12 minutes left. So if you got any more questions, please let them come in. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, so thing is, we like to play the victim. That's what I was talking about before I answered the question. Victimhood stuff. It's always somebody else's fault. My life is so bad, right? We don't take any responsibility. That's what it is. When we don't take any responsibility for ourselves, whatever that may be, whatever the situation may be, it's, it's it, the victim. It's a, it's a victim thing. And let me tell you what, brothers and sisters, I grew up, if, if you can watch, I got plenty of videos on this. All right. I grew up in a horrible home. All right. Nothing Christian. My dad was extremely abusive. Uh, we grew up dirt poor, literally secondhand everything. I never even lived in the house. All right. Um, didn't know what that was. Have to live off help to get food to eat during school, all of that kind of thing. All right. I grew up with zero, all right, zero. I, we didn't even own a color TV until somebody gave us a used one when I was about 16. Just to tell you, we never had cable TV, okay? I never had a, a VCR player as a kid, all right? Yet, the opportunity was presented to better my life, right? Because I, I graduated high school. I couldn't find a job. And when I went to high school for it to be a machinist, everybody wanted to experience Trying to find a job, couldn't find a good job. Army recruiter came calling. Boom, better experience right there. Now, whether or not to join the military these days with them going completely woke is completely different topic. The point is when opportunity was presented, and there are numerous opportunities, especially in the United States of America. But what about people in foreign countries? Like I said, go watch my interview that I did yesterday. The bottom line is, the bottom line is. What the opportunity to live for Christ? Because people in other nations who have nothing, whose lives are literally jeopardized every day of their life because they came to Christ. Live for Christ. That's that's the only focus. So whether or not our lifestyle is better, whether we're poor or for rich, right? Hunger or not, Paul says to learn how to be content in all things. And what is the secret, he said, of contentment? The secret of contentment is what? That I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to do them. Oh, yeah, let me, um, uh, all right. so his point is, DW again, I think my main question is why are mental and physical health dif uh, different? I, I, they are different. Um, guys like Spurgeon were depressed their whole life. Any chance of God would leave it for sanctification like Paul Storm? You know what? I, I, I don't see it normalized. I, I don't. I don't see any reason for it. I could be wrong. Now, mind you, I'm 100% right on this. Um, why Spurgeon was depressed? I'm not going to answer that question because I don't know. I don't know the guy's heart. We just know what the history books say about him. So I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to show grace in this. Um, why? I, I don't know exactly. Um, and I think it's okay for me to answer a question with the I don't know. All right. There's just things I don't know. Maybe some things I'll never know this side of heaven. Um, but coming back to my point is, let's stop focusing on material things as proof of whether we're good or not. Let's stop that. Believe me, friends, I I have been and lived through that scripture uh, that I was talking about that Paul wrote. You know what it, what it what it means to be well off to do when I was active duty in the army. I was a Sergeant First Class, pay grade E7. 
pretty good pay. Not gonna lie. And then I retired from the army and my health took a dive. And now all of a sudden I was wondering how I was even gonna feed my family that month. All right, we lived in a four bedroom, two story, two car garage house, lost it all, homeless. Lived in a tiny apartment, struggling to make ends meet. So yeah, when Paul describes that, I, I've, I've been through that. Of course, not at the levels Paul been through. That's what I'm saying. And then I, I truly can't apply that scripture verse. I know the secret of contentment. I can do all things through Christ. That doesn't mean literally all things. Now, I'm not going to go out there and say, I'm going to go ready to run a mile because I'm not going to get a quarter of a mile down the road before I'm out of breath because of emphysema. All right, so yeah, if you're wondering about physical healing, yeah, I deal with lots of physical ailments still to this day, one of them being emphysema. And um, anyway, I'm not going to be able to just claim, name and claim that scripture over anything I want to do. No, it has to be according with God's will. But the first and form, foremost thing is for the purpose of God's kingdom. Advancement and living for God's kingdom. I can do all things. In other words, I can do for Jesus, what the Bible tells me I can do. I can go to the death. I can suffer and still be joyful in my suffering in great tribulation. Because as, as, as I wrap up this show, let me make this abundantly clear to my uh, all my listeners that I'm greatly appreciative of. And I said it and I'll, until the Lord has me stop saying it. Um, persecution is coming, American. If you're in America, persecution is coming quickly and soonly. Are you ready for it? Because if, if you're going to be, if you, for whatever thing happens now, and you get depressed or trapped in depression over it, let me tell you what, when the persecution comes, are you are going to fall hard and fast when it comes. We can excuse everything we want, but the bottom line is what does God's word have to say on the subject? You don't have to like it, but no apologies. I make no apologies for preaching the gospel truth and teaching the gospel truth. My heart is to see all people come to Christ as much as possible and live freedom. I, I, I'm, sick of, I'm sick of the watered-down version we've made. We've, we've Americanized the gospel into something it was never meant to be. Let me tell you what, it ain't easy to do what Jesus said, but it's a command. How do you know you're his follower? How do you know you live in freedom? Are you able to deny yourself? Dang, man, I feel bad today. I don't want to get up. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, that's called that's part of denying yourself. When you feel like you're like, no, I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to live for Christ. That's the decision we have to make every day of our lives. Every day. It's not easy. And everything I've said to you, let me just let me just say 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 it's not easy. The hurt is real. Right? The experiences are real. I understand all that. But what does the Bible say? What is impossible with mankind, i.e., the world, the psychiatric profession of the world? What is impossible through all that is possible. All things are possible with God. Amen. All things are possible with God. 
So what's impossible with the world's way of doing things is fully possible with God. That's the hope I want to leave you with. It's possible. Don't don't stop believing the lies of the world. All right, I don't care what 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 some book says about whatever. Right? Greater is he that is in you, my friends, than he that is in the world. Because all the stuff that the world believes about psychiatric stuff is demonic, it's straight from the very pit of hell. But greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world. Amen. I want, I want to leave you with that hope. You may have not like what I had to say. You may have pricked you. You may have downright hated it. And that's okay. You may have loved it, but either I hope this encourages you. I hope it exhorts you, right? So exhortation is to help prod you on to continue on or to exhort you to, to seek true mental health freedom. And so that's my that's my hope today. I, I have no, no ill will toward anybody, but neither do I care about man's opinion. All right, I'm not here to please mankind. I'm here to please one and one alone. His name is Jesus. That's it. So anyway, don't forget as we end to check out my website. All right. Thank you if you're on the channel. Uh, you can subscribe to the channel as well. David C. McGuire right there for you. Check out my new website, please. All right. Lots of great content on there for you. More content coming down the pipe. All right. So hopefully tomorrow, I hope, God willing, I'll be able to write a blog. Um, and also I put out newsletters. So if you want to know what's going on, um, if you... Uh, I'm going to try, I at least try to do a newsletter um, the Saturday prior to preaching to let you know what I'm going to be preaching on um, at the very minimum. But I also try to put out newsletters, you know, about interviews and stuff to let you know. Um, so I appreciate you if you head on over to the site. Um, and by the way, this is live streaming right now from my website. So you can watch it from the website as well and comment there at the website as well, if you so choose. Well, with that, Thank you all. Like I said, I appreciate my audience. Thank you for the great questions today. I may not have been able to answer them, all of them. Um, and then, like I said, I don't mind saying I don't know. Uh, but thank you for them. So come on back uh, next next week, so Monday. All right? Remember this. this but you can go watch all previous episodes, all right, on my YouTube channel. It's where it's organized, okay? Or you can go listen to it uh, on audio podcast. Uh, you can go directly to my website, once again, good, where you can find all of it there, all right? Right on the front page, homepage for you to find, scroll a little bit down, I'll say the, 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 the audio podcast and the link to listen to more than the ones that are listed there. So I tried, I tried my best. If you have anything you want to see on it, there's a contact form on the website. You can reach out to me, all right? If there's like, hey, brother, I would like to see this content, or maybe you found something that it's kind of difficult to navigate in here. Whatever it may be, let me know. All right. I, I am definitely open to improvement to your input. So, anyway, there's a little bit of a long winded. Uh, so, there's a couple of people still with me. So, anyway, God bless you, everybody. I love all of you. Be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ.